Einen wunderschönen guten Tag zusammen. Mein Name ist Oliver Gastner und heute reden wir über Biocomputing. Und weil Biocomputing so was Internationales ist, rede ich mit jemandem, der französischer Muttersprachler ist, auf Englisch. Also ihr werdet viel, viel Spaß haben. Um, und ja, uh, yeah. um, hello Fred. Um, hello. Who are you and what do you do? So, well, I am sitting here in Switzerland. And in, yes, in we beautiful are... Lausanne, right? Uh, well, in, uh, it's a city small to, uh, close to Lausanne, uh, which okay. is called Verve, and it's also uh, really near the lake. Okay. So, so, so uh, we're I'm from near the lake, and you're uh, really near the lake, but two different lakes. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, yes, we're doing uh, biocomputing here uh, at Final Spark. Um, this is a fantastic project that we've been working on since uh, several years now. Um, yeah, so uh, let's let's uh, get us all up to speed. Biocomputing, yeah, like living computers. Uh, so so uh, so give us a little give us a little context here and uh, and we're gonna figure out how far you are along this path to uh, to a living or to a biological computer, not living computer. Well, we are at the very much beginning, let's say. I can already answer this. Now, uh, you're right about the wording. It's really critical here because there is no really agreed word for what we are doing. Uh, some people are talking about wetware computer, and you can find this even in Wikipedia, um, or biocomputer, um, uh, intelligence organoid, or organoid intelligence, as opposed to artificial intelligence. So. Mm -hmm. Um, in all cases, this wording implies the use of living neurons mm. in order to perform computation. Okay, so we have a living nerve cell, yeah, a, a neuron that is used to transport. Yeah, it, it's still digital, right? It's not an analog computer, right? Uh, no, it's it's not digital. And, oh, okay. and I would even say that it's not really analog. It, it's oh, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, normally, honestly, it's one or the other. Okay. So, uh, but um, it looks, you know, we are using biology. So these are living things. Okay. So um, at the end of the day, you can characterize living things with a number of parameters, which are all analog. Okay. And Indeed, what we do is processing of information with all these neurons, but these are living neurons. So it's really, really far away from anything which has been done before, whether it's digital computing, analog computers, or even quantum computers. This is a totally different generation of things. Okay. Um... Yeah, the, at least it's going to be interesting to uh, to live through it and to watch uh, to watch um, your work and 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 uh, how far you get. Now let's let's figure out where are you at the moment. What can you what can you do? Can you add two plus two, or are you still before that? Uh, I'm sorry to say that we are still before that. Okay. Uh... At this point, we're able to store uh, one bit of information, for instance, mm -hmm. store and retrieve it, of course. Mm -hmm. well, that's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> that's very useful when you store information. Yeah. Um, 
And of course, we are working basically in a path which is quite similar to artificial neural networks. You know that artificial intelligence today, most of it, not all of it, okay, but most of it is based on artificial neural networks. Mm -hmm. And when you do artificial neural networks, what you try is to teach a system to reproduce, to give some outputs for given inputs. Mm -hmm. okay. For instance, I show you a cat, you say it's a cat. I show you a dog, you say it's a dog, okay? Mm -hmm. So you have two answers for different inputs, which are different images. And, and, and if you show me a cat and I say it's a dog, then the neural network gets uh, the feedback that was wrong, yeah? It's correct. The network, the artificial neural network gets the big feedback, it's wrong. And therefore, the connection weights are modified in order to provide the next answer next time. This is how it works in artificial neural network. Mm. Somehow, in the core principle, it's not that different in biological neural networks. You still want to provide the right answers for non-inputs. Mm. And the way to accomplish and to correct the answer is actually to change the weight of the connections. And there is no surprise oh, why it's yeah, similar, okay. because the, 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 the artificial neural networks were actually inspired by biological neural networks. So we are just doing this, and 30 years later, back. Okay, biology to artificial, artificial to biology this is what we are doing today. Mm. So there is no surprise, it's matching. Okay. okay, if anyone who's listening is wondering why they do it, we'll, we'll soon come to that. But uh, yeah, you could say, <laughs> ah, what's wrong with computers? Yeah, we, we have them and they can write our essays and our research papers. Um, so how do you teach a neuron or how do you give it feedback that it did something wrong or that it did something right? Well. In a nutshell, I would say we don't know yet. Okay. Okay. Okay, um, you're still at the point where you say, <laughs> where you tell a cell, hey cell, it's please store yes. And then you later ask the cell, okay, what did you store? And the cell said yes or no, yeah, one or zero. Okay, but you, yes, you're not connecting the cells already. Well, no, no. the neural cells are connecting themselves uh, spontaneously. Okay? okay, this is one thing which is very good. Okay, to some extent, because if you let them connect randomly, you get a random result. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, uh, hopefully, and... our brain cells are not uh, connected randomly. Although we sometimes have the suspicion that with some people they are. <laughs> so, if you learn something really new you're going to get some random results at the beginning. Mm. So it's quite similar, okay? And mm. it gets to a question, how you are able to modify the synaptic weights in order to get the correct result, mm. okay? And in artificial neural networks, that's very easy because it's just a number in the tensor. So you modify the number, okay? But here we have neurons with dendrites and axons and synapses, and there is no direct way to tune each synapse after the other. Okay, so, for those for those whose biology lesson has been some time ago, yeah, maybe maybe we give a, a short uh, a short description of uh, a, a neural cell. Yeah, you have you have uh, the cell body. Yeah, and you have um, 
dendrites, that's, uh, that's little things that go out from the cell body. Yeah, let's, let me, let me get a, let me get a, as far as I remember from my biology lessons, that's the only thing I, I'm trying to remember. So we give them a, a, a little, um, a little reminder on how that works. If I can find a pen, I should be able to find a pen. Pen? No, this works. Okay, so, yeah. So you have the cell body. Oh, yeah. Okay, I have to switch this off. Oh, like this. Oh. oh, doesn't work. Okay, let's switch this off. Suck. 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 Okay. Like. It's going to come. Just like uh, this yeah. here. Yeah. So the brightness, that's yeah. the cell body. And then we have the axon. That's kind of the. That's kind of the the um, the cable through which you can transport information, like this. And then you have, um, I think the dendrites go from the body, right? Like this. Those are the dendrites, right? Go from the. I think I have to switch this light off. That's far too bright. Well, it's okay. I, I, each time you wait a little bit, we, we yeah, see Yeah, when it. I wait a little bit, it, it's going to adjust. But this should, yeah. be, should work. Huh? Ah, yeah. yes. Yeah. But it doesn't show the dendrites. Yeah, yeah, we see them. Yeah, those are yeah. the dendrites, right? And then the synapses are on the other end, right? So well, their synapses are on both ends, actually. Ah, on, on the, both ends. Okay. And, uh, and then the right, we always uh, uh, draw them as little U's, right? Like this. So. So that's just that our those who listen to the podcast, you will have to Google for for uh, the 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 way uh, a nerve cell looks. But that's mainly the way a nerve cell looks. Yeah, you have. You have um, synapses on both ends here, and you have the body. You have an axon, and you have um, and you have um, those uh, and you, yeah, and you have the dendrites uh, on on the head and uh, um, that connect the synapses to the main body like this. So and now now say your sentence again. What do you do? Well, we have to find a way. To modify the strength of the synapses in order that the whole network does the output that we want for the given input. Okay. I show you a cat, you say it's a cat. Instead of manipulating a formula like you could in a in a digital system, you have to manipulate the working of the um, uh, of the synapses in this um, in the in in the single cells. But how do yes. you address, uh, mostly, most probably you're going to say we don't know yet, but how do you address well, a, a single a single cell? So, um, just, just to put in perspective, okay, this is the field of electrophysiology, okay, neural effect. And this has about 40 years of state of the art. Okay. This is not mm -hmm. a new field at all. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is very new is the idea to use this for computing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... That means we are not starting from scratch here. There are a lot of work which yeah. has been done. 
and this is called neuroplasticity, how to modify the synaptic connections. Mm. And so there are things which are well known that actually you know by experience yourself. Uh, for instance, if you, if you don't know how to do something, and you, you try by error and trials to make it good, mm. as long as you repeat it, you will get it better. This you know by experience, okay? There is some theory behind it, which is called long-term potentiation, can explain this, okay? That means with electrical signals, okay, we cannot only give some input or some image, for instance, to our biological network, we can also teach him to do something with the right stimulation at the right time. Mm. So this is, and this is how you learn. Okay. When mm. I'm telling you now, okay, yeah. I'm only communicating with you with actually electrical impulses. Mm. This is the only way. And you're still able to learn what I'm saying. It works. Yeah. Okay, now, now let's, um, as, you, as you mentioned the term electrical several times, Let's let's maybe answer that question that we that we asked before. Why are you doing this? Because uh, you could say, well, we we already have that tool. We don't need another hammer. Yeah, that's that's harder to build, or uh, we we don't know how to build this hammer yet. So, um, what are the advantages to use biocomputers uh, as compared to digital or electrical computers? Or even quantum computers. I think quantum computers use even more energy than, than normal <laughs> ones, right? Yes, um, I'm not an expert in in quantum computers, and I'm not sure that actually we 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 tackle the same problems. Uh, the same algorithms are not going to be implemented at biological, digital, and quantum computers. If we talk about what is the reason of doing this, the primary reason, the most obvious one, okay, is energy consumption. Okay. If we take your brain, okay, let's say 100 billion of neurons, this is what typical, and you've got about 10,000 connections per neuron. So you multiply this two. And with all these neurons, if I wanted to do a digital simulation on a silicon-based computer of your brain, it would take a, a small nuclear plant. Mm. Okay. But the reality is that your brain right now, as we are discussing, is consuming 20 watts of power. Mm. So the superiority of biological computers is minimum 1 million more energy efficient. Mm. This is absolutely incredible. We live in a world where we are fighting for getting a few percent of better, you know, energy consumption. Mm. But uh, this is one million factor. Just that It's rather interesting. I saw um, a little piece. I think it was done by the Guardian about Ilya Sutskiver, the the CTO of uh, OpenAI, and he said at one point, if we have the AI society, like if all the planet is using AI then every surface will be covered with solar panels, like roughly, that's what he says. Yeah. So uh, especially to operate AI and especially to build those, those, um, those, for example, large language models or other models, uh, you need a lot and lot of energy. So if you could really reduce that factor or reduce the factor of of running computers, of computation to be done, um, 
by the factor of one million, that would be very, very interesting. Yeah, because yeah. You, uh, you could um, either have far more computing, or you'd leave, or you'd need uh, far less energy. And just just know that this is a conservative number. Okay, uh, mm -hmm. some people they come about one billion uh, less mm -hmm. because we are. There are two things, okay, that we have to distinguish in a cognitive system: how to do something and how to learn something. Mm -hmm. And in AI, we also make the difference. Mm -hmm. And there can be a huge difference in energy consumption between training and inference. Okay. So, and the same applies also to biological systems. Mm -hmm. So what do you think in a biological system? What's the energy difference between learning something and just creating output? So this is the miracle. In biological system, it seems that training is built in the system. Mm. Okay, so it, it looks like the biological system can learn much quicker. Mm. It's not trial and errors are trying to update each of the connections, as I said earlier, for the digital mm. system. It's all together. And just to come back to your initial question, Fred, how are you going to modify these connections? Yeah. Okay. The, the, just to, I'm not saying that I'm telling a solution, okay? I'm just telling <laughs> one possible direction, okay? That has been examined by others also before. For instance, dopamine is believed uh, to be part of the learning process. That means with a closed loop system where dopamine is released, when you succeed in doing something, everything looks like the entire network is able to reconfigure itself for very quickly succeed. Not one million or one billion of iterations of trial and errors, but very quickly. And you can experiment by yourself. You don't know something, you try and very quickly you know how to do it. That's incredible. Yeah, but usually, I mean, okay, but I'm trying with my whole brain. So I'm using all the data that I have learned before, but the single cell, it, it wouldn't know a whole lot about, about its environment, right? I mean, it wouldn't know what other, or it wouldn't have the information what what other cells have learned or what other uh, groups of cells have learned, right? Can you reformulate? Like, like when I um, when I drop something for the first time and I, when I drop it for the th second time and for the third time, then I know, okay, I need to hold it better so that it doesn't fall and break. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or I, I drop my teddy bear, it doesn't break. I uh, drop a glass, it breaks. And and maybe the second time I know, but that's the that's the um, uh, the work of many many cells. It's not it's not just one cell that learns something, but it's a whole group of cells that that uh, makes that connection. So Absolutely. if I only have single cells that are connected to each other, um, they might not be that quick to form, let's say, a concept. Uh, what, what I can form in my head, I can say, okay, there are soft things and there are hard things and there are breakable things and there are unbreakable things. And when I drop them, uh, the one type breaks and the other usually doesn't. Yeah. If I drop them, don't drop them from the Eiffel Tower or something. 
but I fully agree that you need uh, many cells, actually. And yeah. this is what we are doing. Okay. okay. In the lab here, just below, <laughs> uh, we have um, um, organoids, okay, several mm -hmm. organoids, okay, uh, which are made of thousands of neurons, which are okay. connected in three dimensions in all directions. Okay. And this is what we are using as a processor. Okay. So it's not one single neuron, yeah. So it's so it's you could call it a mini brain or a nano brain or a yeah yeah. Um, so how big are those organoids? So it it ranges for the smallest that we use are about five hundred microns. So it's a half a millimeter. Mm. Okay, you can you can see it with your eyes. Okay, yeah, okay. in the manipulation we do it just with the naked eye. Okay, that's enough. Yeah. Um, the biggest one which. Uh, are about, I would say, four or five millimeter of diameter. Mm. So 10 times larger. Mm. So you need to, to get some other problems when you are too big, okay? Because mm. you're you not able to, to bring them. the nutrients inside. Yeah, you need to feed them, you need to access them, and so on. Yeah. Um, well, then let's uh, get to the point of discussion where we well, we, uh, we, 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 uh, th this is an exception to what I normally do because I usually do not have pre-talks, but we talked for quite a while and then I said, we have to do this again on camera. Um, so uh, let's, let's come to the ethical question, yeah? Because if you create mini brains and if you cre create these organoids, uh, I mean, we could already discuss about digital computers there if they are... Um, if they are, if they pass the Turing test, yeah, you could say, okay, is it, is it a crime if you turn it off? Yeah, because you turn off something that reacts like a human. And uh, can you really tell if you can't tell the difference? Uh, uh, how, how, how is that? Yeah. Um, or how, what's the, what, what's the point here? Um, what 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 are the ethical um, considerations when you talk about those those organoids? Are they something like a nano animal or a mini animal uh, that would fall under uh, animal protection laws, or um, or what what are the ethical considerations that that you have in context of your work? Okay, it's a good question. Uh, just. To take back about your uh, scenario of uh, switching off uh, Norganoid, um, that would pass the Turing test. What about switching off a ChatGPT version twenty that would pass the Turing test? Yeah, Is... that's that's what my point. Yeah, because some people already talk about these digital. Um... Uh, statistical output systems, as I would like to call them, as if they were humans. Yeah, ChatGPT. If you tell, ask it something, it says, "I don't know." How does it? How does it take? And I'm, I'm pre actually preparing a talk about this. Yeah, like how to talk about AI. Yeah, um, because my computer doesn't say I. My uh, my car doesn't say I, or it's not supposed to. Yeah because it doesn't have a personality it doesn't have an eye yeah it doesn't have self-consciousness and even chat gpt doesn't yeah it can just act as if it had yeah um or or uh, simulate it if you want um so so some people might even argue that if you delete if 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 what's it the new york times i think they're suing chat uh, uh, open ai for for data that's in there 
Now, if you take the data out of the large language model and you have to delete the whole the whole statistical data because you can't take out. I, I can't imagine how to how to re-extract what the system uh, uh, statistically um, simulated. Uh, I don't want to say learned. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, what if you had to delete it? Wouldn't that be, yeah, uh, wouldn't that be deleting or kill, killing ChatGPT uh, 4? Yeah, uh, I, I don't think it would be, yeah, but if we take make the switch from uh, electrons that go through um, uh, a mechanical system or electromechanical system, and if we switch to electrons that go through a living system, yeah, you so you you before you said yeah it's a living cell, okay, then it's life, and as soon as it's life, we have other ethical considerations, and I remember that you last time gave a very convincing answer, but I don't remind remember it so going to be astonished again <laughs> by your cool answer. <laughs> I remember what I said. But just, just to, to say that, you, you said yourself, you are not convinced that you would be killing something if you switch off that GPT. Okay? Others, others would be. Others would be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm asking yourself, okay, um, think about ChatGPT 10, okay? Mm -hmm. And think about a prompt with which we you have will be discussing for hours or years. Mm. It will be like a friend to you. Mm. Would you say the same thing? We are just at the beginning. So I mean, the problem of science—it's always blurring the lines. Mm. Where you, everybody thinks that it's clear. There is things like this and things like that, and then science comes and say, "Ah, that's more complicated than we thought." And this is exactly what's happening here. Now, of course, if you consider the number of neurons that we have currently in our organoids, it's about the same as an insect. Mm. I think when you're killing, I mean, the fly, you're not asking about ethical considerations. So Only, there are some you, religions that do, but they are very few. Yeah, in, in general, and, and and generally speaking, if you think about living organisms. Even if you are drinking beer, mm. you should be concerned. Okay, so killing fung fungi. Yeah. So, so uh, this is about knowing and blurring lines when you know things uh, that that science gives you as a fact, and then we have to live with this reality. How do we, uh, yeah, <laughs> do we cope with this? Mm. Okay. Now, uh, when will we have? Uh, an organic computer that can run this uh, this conversation and steer my screen and uh, connect to the internet and uh, do all the things that my laptop is doing right now. Do you have a do you have a timeline? <laughs> or or no? Uh, yeah yeah. Do you have a timeline? It's it's fine if you say no. <laughs> well. Uh... We believe we, we, we expect to have something in five to 10 years. Okay. Um, what the level of sophistication that we will get, we, we, don't, we don't know. Okay. It may range from, um, you know, we, imagine people okay, who are inventing 20 problem. Five yeah. to 10 years to which, to which point? Uh, we get something doing something. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Uh, 
a, a Raspberry Pi or something like that, or a or a, a micro, a very simple platine computer or something like that. Yes, it it may range from a, a very. I mean, it's not going to be a computer in the sense that you don't program it. Like it's not. Um, you you cannot have a, a sequence instruction it's, it's you cannot program this way okay you program it way closer to an artificial neural networks okay to make some associations between so it, you, so it learns something and then it can react uh according to the things it learned correct it can react to things he has never seen before okay this is exactly why people are using ai actually mm. okay. because yeah. it's the power of generalization okay yeah. the power to generalize Mathematically, it's just the power to interpolate. Okay, when you have got two points, you guess that in between it must be this. Mm. Okay. No, no. AI is nothing else, mm. just in more dimensions, no. and the same applies to biological computers. So what we will get? So I don't know. It will range between something very simple, a very simple uh, recognition system, or maybe, maybe it it can be uh, way more advanced. Uh, and this I cannot tell at this point. So either it can, I don't know, differentiate a triangle from a circle or a cat from a dog or one person from another. Yeah. Um, one yes. face from another. Yes. I'm, I'm not sure that we would take the directions of large language model applied uh, to brain organoids. This might be an interesting direction, uh, but may, there may be other directions that, that we don't know yet. Just consider that we are discovering a tool like like what one century ago with semiconductors, people realized that they could do transistors. Mm. So, but, but people who invented transistors didn't think about the internet. So <laughs> not really, but but the science fiction authors authors did, yeah, and they already and they also also thought about wetware and what we can do with it. Yes, um, you you are very you very yeah. point on this. I I find it incredible that in science fiction the concept of wetware has been around for so many years actually, yeah. but in science, in real science, it was not. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was. Uh, I'm a, I'm I'm a Trekkie, yeah, and um, and there were people coming up to to the original Star Trek producers, and. Uh, there are two. There are two nice stories that I like to tell at this point. The one is, they have these doors that open and close when somebody when somebody approaches, and they and some engineers came to the set and said, "Can you show us how you do the doors?" And then they said, "Yeah, sure, we can show you." Yeah, and there were in the old Star Trek uh, 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 series. There were just two guys <laughs> on the one and on the other side that pulled back the doors and pushed back the doors together. Uh, that was the one thing. But the other thing was that people came from a hospital and they wanted to look at, at, the, at the sick bay on the Enterprise. And they said, this is totally cool. You have this display up there that shows the vital signs of the person that's lying below there let's we want to have a look at that how you how you design that so that was very serious of course that didn't have a function yeah, yeah. but but they were interested in the concepts um so so uh, you, you read a lot of science fiction now i hope <laughs> I, I love science fiction and with this company i i feel i am living in a science fiction movie which i have you know you've you 
you watch a movie, science yeah, fiction, yeah. really. Yeah. The movie ends, and then you come back to reality. Yeah. I found this is an horrible feeling. Okay. Yeah. So I decided that when I would, <laughs> I would not stop the movie. And I would live in the movie. <laughs> Your science fiction movie never ends. So last time you told me that you were at, at the current point mainly concerned with keeping those cells alive, yeah, fed and uh, so that they don't die. What's your next? And and now you are at the point that, that you can give it a bite and it's gonna, it's gonna give you back a yes. You give it a yes and it's giving you back a yes. What's your next what's your next milestone um, on, on that journey? So first, I'm I'm very happy with the lifetime we get now. Okay, so that was well, really huge. How long do they live? Well, say several months. Okay, several, and, uh, mm -hmm. several, several months. Several. Okay. Several. Yeah, yeah. We started with a few hours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a, already uh, <laughs> what a progress. So I think that, it's that's it's, a big progress if you yes. if you draw a line. Uh, yeah. yeah. At this point, I would say we start working on the lifetime. This is this is not uh, that critical. We have other problems to solve, and then we'll mm -hmm. come back to this later. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, the the main thing is uh, neuroplasticity. That means how to to change the the behavior of the network to in order to learn something. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so right now we are working a lot with dopamine um, and other molecules. You know, in biology everything is complicated. Always, there's no exception size. So very complicated and the other problem is that if something works this doesn't mean that the system works okay it, you just saw that something works one time mm. and this is meaningless okay you have to show that it works i don't know 10 50 100 times okay mm. so hopefully we automated everything in our system so we can run automatically 24 7 experiments and make sure something that we observed once can be reproduced. So this is a big pitfall in biology, reproducibility. Okay. So, but I think we are heading in, in the right direction with the, with this molecule, but it's just, just the beginning. Uh, actually, what kind of nerve cells are you using? I've uh, never asked that. What, 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 what models are you using? So uh, this is called IPSC, or uh, this is called induced pluripotent stem cells. So it works this way. Um, you take some uh, cells of your skin. Mm. Okay. From these cells, you are able, uh, according uh, to protocols which have been discovered by Nobel Prize 2005, mm. um, to regenerate pluripotent stem cells. Mm. Okay. So coming from a differentiated cell, like this skin cell, mm to a prepotent stem cells is a process called indu induction of the okay. pluripotent. So again, for those who, who, who are not so up-to-date in biology, is a stem cell is a kind of an unprogrammed prototypic cell that can become everything later, yeah? In, in former times, you used to take it out of, out of uh, fetuses or, or whatever, it, that's no longer needed. But it's a kind of an unprogrammed human cell. Yes, absolutely correct. And the good thing about an unprogrammed human cell is that you can reprogram it to become whatever yeah. you want. Okay, yeah. that's things that, from an ethical perspective, the first impact of this is that in the long term we imagine that the 
animal model may disappear from our therapeutics trials because we can you you can create today organoids that means small organs reproducing any part of your body mm. and we on which we can test drugs mm. like actually more reliably uh, to some extent okay uh than yeah, animals yeah. okay than with an animal model so you could make a little heart or a little brain or a little liver or a little whatever um well, and... some, people, some people do all together everything because yeah. they want to make sure that if they do a molecule for the brain it doesn't impact the liver or yeah. you know something okay, makes else sense. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. and then from those stem cells you generate um neurons Yes, uh, neurons and glial cells. In, in your brain, there are these two kinds of cells. Okay, uh, There is a hierarchy, um, I mean, historically, which has been given to the neurons because neurons are spiking. Uh, but a lot of work has, has been done, and uh, there are some other cells, which are called glial cells, which people thought were only here to support the activity of the <laughs> of neurons, top of the hierarchy, the neurons. But more and more people that these glial cells are maybe way more important than we believed. So mm. there is no hierarchy for us. We mm. differentiate into these two kinds of cells and we keep them in our small organoids. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, what else, what else uh, do we definitely need to talk about? No, uh, another thing I'm wondering is how many people are working for, for uh, Final Spark or at Final Spark? So right now we are six people mm -hmm. uh, working here. Uh, we have uh, two biologists and four data scientists like, like myself, actually. I have a PhD in signal processing. You know, I don't come from the field of, of biology and that's... That that's the problem of biocomputing. You have to connect two spheres of people which are totally disconnected normally. Yeah. Okay, then. And, and is your team about to grow? Do you want to hire? So we uh, somebody who's listened up to now, they must be totally interested in maybe working for you. Are you, are you growing your team or will you be growing your team? When will you be growing your team? Um, yeah. So currently we uh, we finance our own work. Okay, mm. so that means uh, we are cautious about uh, hiring too many people too quickly. We want to make sure this is going to be a long-term journey. Mm. So we have to be cautious it looks about. Looks like you gotta take some time. Yes. <laughs> yes, um, but that's not not a problem because we have the finance to. Uh, to, to, to go like this for, for some time. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, now there is the, the two dif the directions, the more biologists or more data scientists or more engineers okay, to connect actually both systems. Um, so that depends also on the motivation of the people. Mm -hmm. I think everyone who uh, was hired at Final Spark started by working for free. Mm. Uh, from Forest Park because there's just they were just passionate about the project, mm. and this is personally what I like a lot. Uh, mm. Just to make sure that people are as motivated as they say, okay. and uh, after some time, uh, if people are really that motivated, say, okay, we we have to find a solution actually to formally hire you so we can have a long term journey together. Yeah, I mean. Money is going to run out at some point for yes. everybody, depending on the circumstances.
Yeah, absolutely. And yes. you're not living in an area of um, of Europe that is cheap to live in. <laughs> Actually, we, we are living in the area of the world, which is probably one of the most expensive. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I was, but I, it, I was once in Geneva yeah. for a short for a short holiday because one of our friends was studying there. And uh, yeah. If you think Switzerland well, is expensive, go to Geneva. It, it is, yeah. it is. But one good thing is uh, here uh, on the scientific side, we are really at the heart of many things. Okay, Indeed. Two of the main providers of multi-electrode arrays are, are actually in uh, Switzerland, okay? And there are maybe five providers worldwide. So uh, there is the Blue Brain project, which, which was at the EPFL, uh, just in Lausanne, just the next door here. Mm. So we have a lot of resources entirely on these topics that, that we can use. That's gonna help. So um, you, you don't have to wait five or ten years, but if you have uh, if you have a breakthrough, uh, be sure to drop me a line. Yeah, uh, and we're gonna <coughs> talk about it, and maybe next time we can even show a little more, uh, so that it's worthwhile for the listeners to also have a look at the. Um, at the um at the video yes and, actually um, you know yeah. you, you can go to the website uh if people can go to the website minusbark.com yeah, yeah and, and uh, then we, actually they will see open here i can i can yeah. show it quickly uh i have it open here uh, and we get uh, a little of an idea what it looks if you like click, uh, you can oh, click on the live section uh live yeah okay Oh, so uh, neurons if, working in real time. Yeah, I think it's just very slow because of the. Uh, here we go. That's the new version of the. That there was a very early internet webcam that showed uh, a coffee maker. Yeah, that's a, that's a very sophisticated uh, new version of this. So for me, it looks entirely white. <laughs> Okay, so uh, here, so these are live pictures and uh, signals coming directly from the, the lab below uh, in Switzerland. So we have four multi-electrode array. This is the first one. And so you see actually four brain organoids, which are sitting there with the, all the electrodes. So this is a picture which has been taken less than one hour ago. Picture are updated every hour, 24 seven. Okay. And um, and if you go below, uh, we can see the the electrical signal in real time. So this is fitted twenty four seven real time. So you can see here on the first brain organoids we have eight electrodes, and we see that it's very active today. Very good. Uh, all the electrodes. Uh, so <laughs> and I see here maybe that maybe we are doing an experiment. Uh, maybe I saw some uh, stimulation signal coming. So these are the actual potentials coming from the living neurons. Okay, and you're picking up the action potential at the at the ex exon, right? Or where are you? Yes. Them? Yes. Well, you know, it, it, this is a bit around a, a random process because imagine you you have eight electrodes and you put on it an organoid. So you don't know what you're going to end ah, up. Ah, okay. You but, just put it inside the organoid somewhere, and yeah, okay. and uh, well, on the top of it, and then you see. But if you are in the vicinity of an axon mm -hmm. uh, or, or neural cell, 
you will catch a variation in the electrical mm. uh, field that we can measure. Okay. Yeah. So this is this is real things, you know. So if we have contamination, if you have a problem, you can see this. And the, uh, at the top, you can actually switch between the four um, multi-electrode arrays. There are four of them. So um, it's it's important to know that we are not the only one working. We have opened this platform to six uh, universities uh, worldwide who are now you helping us and uh, to to work on the this problem of neuroplasticity of training so they are using these neurons programming them with python script and we give actually we give free access to to research groups so oh, okay. so, so that can help so yeah. okay so, so if you're if you're um if you have a research group on on organoids uh, or um biocomputing be sure to contact fred jordan on linkedin and you're going to get access here. Yeah. And uh, ah, this is the experiment with the dopamine that has been running this night. Um, so, uh, okay, I'm waiting for a new result for it, it next night. Seems to have a, it seems to have a break right now here. Yeah, yeah. right now it's uh, we are preparing the next uh, experiment for, for tonight. Ah, okay. So it never stops. Thirty four seven. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so we finally got something to see. So on on final finalspark dot com, you can see um, you can see uh, the organoids in action. So it's it's lit. It's really little like watching a, a science fiction movie. Yes, it is. Okay, Fred, thanks a lot. Liebe Leute, let langen in Frieden. Möge der Saft mit euch sein. Uh, fröhliches Biocomputen. Bye bye. Thanks. Goodbye. <laughs>